this a beat. Beat. Welcome to Auto Off Topic. Good evening, Brad. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening, listeners, or good morning, listeners, depending yeah. on what time of day it is. Maybe there's new listeners, so welcome aboard. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully, that'd be nice. Yep. Let's uh, let's get excited and keep them ho- keep them keep their interest. We home. should. Yeah. Yeah. We're happy you're no here. No dragging. Um. Solid starts here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, did you see? I know you saw it because we talked about it. Sure. The new Jim Kana car. I did. I did. Subaru is uh, leaning into its past connection with extreme sports before they were called extreme sports. Which is well, it was funny. I they did like a teaser photo the day before. Yep. So I think that was like, I don't know, Tuesday. Tuesday. Of yeah, I think Tuesday. Whatever week this is. I don't know. Well, today's the 20th, so Tuesday would have been the two days before that, 18th. 18th. See that mask? And they had just the cover pulled back a little bit. Yep. And you could see the fender in the red. Correct. And, and you can tell it was a Subaru. Well, yeah, it was obviously a Subaru. They had the badge exposed. They, they told you it was a Subaru. It was on the Subaru page. Okay. But they're like, what's under here? And then I, like, you could see, like, some roof racks, crossbars. Because a lot of people are like, oh, it's a brat. I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's a brat. If it was a brat, it had a load of cargo in the trunk or the bed. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I saw the white paint and that corner of red, and I was like, "Hmm, I know what they did." And they basically yep. just copied the U.S. Ski Team Legacy GL from the '80s. Yeah, '83 to '85, I think they offered that as a package mm. because they were the official vehicle of the U.S. Ski Team, which makes sense being Subaru and at the time the only probably affordable all-wheel drive option on the market that wasn't yeah. a truck. So, I mean, Audi had Quattro just starting about the same time. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a very popular uh, popular thing yet. But this is an earlier car because it has the four quad headlights versus the later car's big sealed beam unit. Yeah. I mean, I saw the mintiest one ever that was at Radwood. Correct. County. It was at Radwood. 2019. Oh, okay. So the mintiest one ever is not that one. It's actually the one that Subaru owns that they brought to Radwood Philly that has like 12 miles on it. It had the Subaru, like the, the livery on it. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, Subaru. No, it didn't. Ski team one. No, it no, didn't. no. It had the single middle headlight. That's that was what they brought. Whatever that car is. They brought like five cars. I'll have to they didn't bring a ski the team archives. One. I remember. No, they didn't. I guarantee it. I've I've seen one. I've I've seen one somewhere with like zero miles on it. I assumed it was there. It may have been somewhere else. This one was really Subaru clean. Subaru does own one. And the owners came dressed in ski gear. Uh, appropriately. Hopefully red, white, and blue U.S. ski team gear. Yeah, something along those lines. But I have a really cool picture of it. And, uh, I now is the time to share it. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to share it again. I, I know we definitely shared it. Um, yeah, this, this thing's super cool, though, because it has a throwback livery. So it's like basically... It's a stylized version of that without being exactly that. And obviously, it's not a U.S. ski team sponsorship, so it does no. say moving in ski team. It's got the uh, it's got the Pastrana plaid that he likes to do. Yep. And uh, kind of like a white. It's basically extreme Andrew. Camo stuff. Well, yeah. his like thing is like the red plaid. Right. Um, right. For those who are listening that don't know Andrew, he does like plaid. So. As do you. 
I know, but it's more funny when I said it first. <laughs> so ignore Andrew now. Listen, we're New Englanders. We wear plaid. That's that's our warm. Uh, we're men weather. of a certain age. We wear plaid, so it's kind yeah. of a uniform. I I think though a lot of it with people that we know, people around us, is because we are from New England and it's flannel. Like we spend a lot of the year wearing a flannel in New England. So. Okay. <laughs> well, it's it's true because I wear it out here in the winter time because it's not cold enough out here, obviously for you know, big winter jackets. So just throwing on a flannel shirt as a jacket is totally normal for me, but ain't nobody around here wearing (laughs) flannel except for me. So I think it's definitely a New England thing. Must be a coastal thing. I don't know. It's very, maybe it could be, it could be coastal. I guess people on the other coast are very similar to people on East coast. So yeah. Uh, Anyway, the coastal elite podcast (laughs) of auto hot topic. Anyway, this super reminds me of the Panda that M that uh, M Sport just did. Oh, Fiat Panda. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, you said Panda and Subaru. My brain went back to like, you know, early days of Rallycross in New England when there was a black and white Subaru called the Panda. Oh, so no. Yes, you're right. It does. It's it's like the Fiat Panda because it's a ton of car jammed into a very small car, and then just. Not even box flares, just literal boxes for flares. It's just very like IMSA style, eighties IMSA style flares. Yeah, it's just the shell of a. There's yep. no, there's no legacy GL in here. It's just like literally maybe the windows and like doors. Yeah, and the hood, grill headlights, even the bumper doesn't look correct. So no, no, it's it's a super rad looking car, and it's. As an 80s car fan, it's cool to see a full-on realized build like this. And just oh, yeah. It's mean awesome every... because it's not a render. It's real. Yeah, exactly. And it's also cool because they never like teased it at all either. This came out of left field. Yeah. I don't remember seeing anything about it. And that, that to me is really neat when something like that happens. Like, listen, I enjoy watching a car get built and watching it get designed, but sometimes it's neat just to be totally surprised and caught off guard by something. And this is yeah. one of those times. Yeah, it was done at Vermont Sports Car. It's not a not a Hoonigan car. Correct. Well, it is because it is a Hoonigan car as a uh, sponsorship. It's their their TV show, but they did not build the car. No. Um, in fact, they haven't built any of the most recent Jim Connor cars. I don't think. I think they're all been farmed out to other shops. Yeah. Starting with the the Hoonigan Mustang. So, I mean, as far as they're specifically made for the. Um, Jim Connor videos. Well, I would say this one is definitely specifically made for it. Where the one that came out last year, when we first saw it, I was like, that's for Mount Washington. They haven't announced it yet, but that is for Mount Washington. Yeah, it was, it was, it was obvious it was a fully realized race car with its fully active aero and tons of wind tunnel time. And you could look at this car one time and know it never spent a minute in a wind tunnel. Oh, no, it's totally. It's totally the make smoky, smoky uh, tires. Yeah. Just turn tires into smoke. Yep. And that's it's, perfectly fine. Yep. It's literally a brick with fender flares. So it's, listen, it's it's our aesthetic for cars. We we like bricks and this is a brick. So I'm totally into it. Actually, if, if you watch the most recent Hoonigan video, the first five minutes of it are Travis talking about the car. Um, and he mentions in the car that it's not anything like the Air Slayer because it goes in the air and it doesn't behave properly at all. 
There's no way to adjust its attitude. It just nosedives immediately. So totally fine. He also says he likes it because the sight lines out of the car are so much better than anything else he's been in for Hoonigan videos. So he'll be able to get like super close to objects and stuff. So which makes sense because all of us have always said that the sight lines in 80s cars are way better than in modern cars. I'm curious if the theme will be like ski resort town. Yeah. I think you mentioned in a chat we had the other day about a ski lift climb. Uh, Ski jump. Like the old Audi commercial. Yeah, ski jump. Exactly. And my brain immediately went to the Audi commercial when you said that. Yeah. But they'd go down knowing it. knowing hoonigan they'll go up it <laughs> and then they'll you know yank an e-brake at the top and go down go it down and jump it, the yeah. car off the bottom of it yeah i mean obviously it won't have the same angle as a normal ski jump because that would destroy the car on landing guaranteed <laughs> but they'll definitely have something some kind of landing zone for it and they'll drive it up turn it around and jump it off the end and uh i tell you what i'm 100 here for it so i'm i'm calling it i bet that'll be a part yeah yeah, I, I it's would... got it's got super wide like slicks, but if they threw like some WRC studs on there, yeah, I I would not bet against that, Andrew. That's that's for sure. It's a pretty safe bet that that's going to happen. Uh, I'm excited that somebody hopefully will make a 164th of this, cause, or at least some kind of scale model of it, because I want one. Yeah, it's super I mean, cool. It already looks like one of the stylized 164s, like uh, one of the um, those five tens. Sure. Yeah. The uh... Uh, yep. Yeah. Who is it? Yep. That guy that does all the Hot Wheels stuff now <laughs> in 510s. He did a wagon with big flares like this. And yeah, I, if I look around, I have the drag car version here somewhere. Yeah. But... You're the expert. Why am yeah. I, experts. I'm totally blanking on it too. You have the 240Z. Experts are wrong. Jun Amai? Uh, yes. Okay. June, June Amai. Okay. I'm trying to think of the name of his, like his thing. Oh, Kaido house. Kaido House. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, the Kaido House diecast of a five ten with those flares. All right. But anyway, yeah, no, I, I listen. I dig eighties wagons. I dig eighties cars. There's no, there's no question. I mean, if you squint, this stock one in the background of the picture I'm looking at could be a Cressida wagon. It's the same basic style, you know, four square headlights and a a box with a wagon back on it. So I'm into it. Now I kind of want a GL wagon. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean they're kind of like meh. Yeah, they're just neat. I'd I'd take a minty one of the the U.S. ski team ones. Ski team ones, ones. Cool. absolutely. Yep, they're not they're not a ton of money, even nice ones. I think one recently sold on eBay for like four or five grand. Mm. So they're not tremendously expensive. It'd be a neat little fun car to have around. I'm gonna want some kind of a wagon because I'm getting rid of my Jetta. But yeah, how'd that mm. turn out? Oh, yeah, the Subaru now? Yeah. I mean, there's only so yeah. much. They didn't give us many details about it. No, they didn't. They did 900 horsepower, and that was about all they told us. Yeah. Which, Which is more is than absurd. the Air Slayer. Absurd in a car that size. <laughs> Probably weighs 2,400 pounds. But anyway, yeah, so the Volkswagen's back together. Oh, that's um, good. So it, it came apart and went back together. It did come apart. It fought a little bit coming apart, but it came apart. Um, I think I mentioned last week that I'm just going to pay to have it done. It sounds like you did pay to have it done. I did pay to have it done. Yeah. Um, that's why this project is already done. And I'm able to tell you about it. It was done in a day instead of drawn out over six episodes in six weeks, um, which would be acceptable, I guess, if I did it myself. But I didn't have the patience or time to dedicate to that. Um, 
Naomi's son, Jordan, is a mechanic by trade and an excellent one at that. And uh, I was able to have him take care of it for me. Uh, I guess we'll call it the family discount price. You know, I still took care of him, but we uh, definitely got it done cheaper than the Volkswagen dealer wanted to do it for. A quick reminder, that was $6,000. Obviously, there is no car in the world that should have a $6,000 clutch that it was not built in Italy. So that was not the price. Yeah, what are they doing? Engine means? Lamborghini clutch job? Yeah, that's what I mean. There's there's no way. I, I Even after like looking at list price of the parts from Volkswagen, if I were to have bought them from Volkswagen, it, it still didn't make any sense. It, it worked out to like, you know, $430 an hour or something like that because it's literally an eight-hour book job. Yeah, well, I was going like, to say, what's not, the book on that? Yeah, it's not hard. It's not easy. It's not something I wanted to do in the driveway, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, but having it seen done once, I mean, I went down about halfway through the process and saw what was going on. Um, it wasn't tremendously bad. The biggest issue was getting the transmission out of its home because they didn't have the proper tool to get the axle off because it's like a 19 millimeter 12 point socket. And they just didn't have the correct size. So they couldn't get either the axle or the control arm out of the way. Um, once they had the correct size socket and pulled the axle out of the, of the knuckle, there was plenty of room to get the whole transmission out of there. So it wasn't the challenge anymore. So it's one of those things where like they didn't have it. So they ordered it. And while they were waiting for the, the part to come in, take it out, they, uh, attempted to finagle it around the axle and lower control arm. And, uh, probably just should have walked away and done something else while they waited for the tool. <laughs> Cause by the time the tool was there and it all came apart, it was, it was easy. So yeah, it came apart. Um, Everything was exactly as expected once we got in there. It's hard to explain how a dual mass flywheel works now, especially having seen it. It's even more confusing, actually. But what gives way is actually the center bearing on the flywheel. Hmm. So if you can picture in a perfect world, you know, the end of the crankshaft coming out of the motor, and then you have the flywheel that rides on that and has a bearing on it. And the bearing in the housing is a rubber isolator around the edge to dampen the vibration from the two-piece flywheel, which is two pieces, so that it can dampen the vibration when you put the clutch in and out. Basically, in in a simple term, it's a two-piece flywheel. It's almost like the weights in an automatic winding watch or like the counterweights in a PlayStation controller to make it shake. But it's two of them that act in sequence together so that they make the any harmonic imbalance go away and they make the clutch engagement much smoother through the pedal. And like the, the jerking motion of driving standard is minimized and it feels more to the passengers and the driver like an automatic. Um, it's overcomplicated. It's very German. I don't love them. Um, I feel it takes away a little bit of feel from the pedal. In the past, I've done a, fi- a single mass flywheel conversion on a five-speed Volkswagen, but everything I was reading said don't do it on a six-speed Volkswagen because the new harmonics of the single mass flywheel will actually break the synchros in fifth and sixth gear. So rather than do that, I'd rather just deal with a little inconvenience of the pedal feel, I guess. But anyway, so what happens is that center bearing, it almost, it's like it breaks its rubber isolator. And then the weight of the flywheel sits on the top of the crank. 
and it does almost like what would happen on a spun crank, a spun bearing on a crank in an engine, like inside the engine. It gets superheated um, and then melts away and the plastic, plastic, excuse me, the metal comes out in like a really thin sheet as it's burnt by the spinning of the crank inside the bearing. So thankfully all the damage is inside the bearing in the flywheel where it's spinning. It's not the inside of the bearing isn't spinning on the crank. It's the outside race spinning in the flywheel. So it doesn't chew up your crank. It chews up the bearing in the flywheel, but then it's non-rebuildable because the rubber isolator is gone and it's a, you know, proprietary part. So you need to buy a whole new flywheel. So inconvenient, but it is what it is. So if, if you think about it, when the top of the rubber over the bearing is missing and the flywheel is sitting down on top of the crank, essentially it means that your flywheel is now a concentric. So you certainly don't want to have a, you know, 20 something pound concentric part flipping around in your engine bay and your engine was running, right? I mean, that's obviously going to cause issues. So that's what caused all the issues. <laughs> so you can see once you have it apart, exactly why it goes bad, but, or how it goes bad. It's annoying to me because they usually last into the hundreds of thousands of miles. You'll see them with like 120, 130, 140,000 yeah. miles. Or you'll see a car that has a, a full tune on it, you know, putting out a bunch more power than it's supposed to. You'll see fail at 80,000 miles or, or less. But it's not supposed to where it did. But it did. It's not part of the Dieselgate warranty. I had to pay for it out of pocket. So between parts and labor, I think I'm out like... I don't know, 1600 bucks. So mm. it stinks, but it's significantly less than three or $6,000 from the dealer. So I guess we'll let it happen. Um, if it was $6,000, the car would not have gotten fixed. Hmm. It would have been uh, sold broken and I would have just paid it off somehow. But the good news is it's back together. Uh, I did drive it to and from work, which is about 65 miles round trip. Um, no issue at all. Uh, I'm not driving it much now. I'm going to try to just park it until I get rid of it. Um, I paid off the loan so I can get the title and make it easier to sell. Going to try to sell it locally first. So once I have the title in hand, I'll try to sell it locally for a week or so before you know giving it to one of those auction sites to see if we can get it moved quickly. Because I'm just at, at this point, I'm done with the car. I'd like to free up the money and free up the time and free up the driveway for other more interesting cars that didn't make me grumpy with a broken flywheel. And uh, I, I, th I think the main reason for it, Andrew, is because I brought that car as my like reliable, never work on it daily. Yeah. And when it broke, it kind of broke that trust and now I don't care anymore. So not that it's not a totally reliable, good car. And I probably fixed the only problem that it'll have it's just one of those things where it's like, it just, I'm done. It's time for somebody else to have the car. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just time for me to move on. So if I do not sell it locally, I still have to get the front end fixed, the paint fixed where the paint's peeling off. You know, I'll give a discount up to somebody locally, but if it's going to be sold on the internet, um, I'll make it perfect. So it goes for the most amount of money. So, hmm. but yeah, that's the saga of the Volkswagen. Hopefully you don't have the same dual mass flywheel issues with yours, but oh, at least we know it's not a uh, tremendously hard thing to fix. I, I guess the most annoying thing was that the 
clutch when I took it out. Like when they took it out. Yeah, how was it? The clutch, it's like it's like brand new. Yeah, and the car is almost ninety thousand miles on it, and the clutch is in perfect condition. So it's one of those oh, things. It's only like, at 90? It's not, yeah. Yeah, that clutch is like new. Right. Don't do clutches on cars to like 150,000, 160,000. Yeah, unless you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But yeah, the clutch is. Yeah, once you learn how to big. drive a standard, you're usually pretty good on the clutch. Yeah, no, I didn't burn the clutch. And I, so the past few times I drove the car, it actually, Naomi drove it down to the shop to get it worked on. You had to slip the clutch excessively to make the car move. So even with that last, I don't know, 30 miles of slipping the clutch to make the car move, it's still in perfect shape. So I apologize for a dog barking in the background. He's quite quite annoying tonight. We haven't had a good uh, Ollie bark on the podcast in a while. He doesn't bark much anymore, but (laughs) so... A little in, a little total inside baseball for the listeners. We are actually dog sitting your mother in law's dog this week. Yeah. So we currently have two puppies and two full grown dogs in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so because we have two puppies, when we're not in the living room, we have a baby gate between like that half of the house and the other half of the house. So all the dogs are on the side of the house that has all the food and the water and the the dog door to the outside. So they have you know plenty of space. Because we don't want the two three-month-old puppies running around the house unsupervised. So they're confined to an area. But as you know, Ollie doesn't like to be confined. So he's barking a little. Which he's not really confined. He's literally not allowed in the hallway, the living room, and the bedroom right now. Like He has the whole rest of the house and the entire yard. But he still feels confined because there's a gate there. So he's barking. Apologies. But Mr. Brad, tear down this wall. Yeah, exactly what he's waiting for. And he's super sad because I came home tonight and to do podcasts. So I haven't even like let them roam the house for even a minute yet tonight. So anyway. So yeah, that's the Volkswagen. It's uh they'll be on the market soon. So if you're a uh, friend listener, friend of listener, let me know. And uh, we'll give you the friend listener, friend of listener price. Um twice retail. Because car market, right? Sure. No, uh, adjusted re- reasonable price. Auto off topic adjusted market value. Yeah, exactly. AOT ADMU. But it'll be uh, it'll be a, it'll be market correct. We'll put it that way. Uh, and if I don't paint the nose and before it gets sold, it'll be even more market correct. So it's a good car. It's ready to go. I've driven it across country three times, so I know it's good to good to take a long drive on. And I did check all the other things that the dealer was trying to charge me for while it was up in the air. Yeah, they wanted me to put in a new uh, radiator support and a new um, transmission mount. Radiator support. Yeah, they said it was cracked, so we oh, took a look at that. Plastic. It's but it's not cracked in any way, shape, or form anywhere. So there's like a nick in the back of it, but it's hardly a crack. It's they probably did it changing the oil, to be honest with you, like or putting the exhaust on it after they did the, you know, warranty work. Like there's no crack at all. It's like a scratch. Yeah. So it's fine. Uh, And the transmission mount is 100 percent fine. They said the transmission mount was starting to collapse. Which I'm not sure what that means. Um, It's not like it's a fluid filled mount. It's a rubber mount and there's no dry rot. and There's no movement and it's fine. So 
annoyingly, that means that if anybody looks the VIN number up on the car, they can get a service history that says needs a motor mount, but it doesn't actually need a motor mount. So whatever. I had the transmission out. If it needed a trans mount, I would have done it. You know what I mean? And it, it didn't need it. So yeah. Life goes oh, on. Oh, the yeah. other the other neat thing that. yeah, was when we were taking the transmission out, all of a sudden it started leaking coolant all over the place. Um, and we learned that the coolant hose that goes into the heater core, so that's like a plastic nipple on the heater core and a plastic uh, female end on the hose itself. And then there's like a little like C-clip kind of deal that goes in. Yeah, it's and whoever nice. put it back together when they did the warranty work on the car, put the hose on and put the quick connect on, but it was only held on by gravity. They didn't click it into place. They didn't click it into place. So when we were jacking the motor up a little to get the transmission off, it popped off and pissed coolant all over everybody. But like then we just clicked it back on and clicked it into place and it was fine. So that's super annoying, but thankfully it didn't cause an issue because I did drive the car all the way to Massachusetts like that. So that would have been quite annoying. So Hmm. proof again that dealerships are not worth the premium over an independent shop. Which I guess. Uh, Yeah, it all depends on the shop. Yeah, listen, there's bad mechanics, independent shops, and there's bad mechanics at dealerships. So I, I guess I probably could have guessed it was a bad mechanic working on my car when it took six weeks to fix a hose. So whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's where we're at. Car's fixed. Car will be for sale. Full service history available. Always service at that wonderful Volkswagen dealer until now. Um, and, and that's part of the reason for me having the clutch job farmed out as well is now I have a receipt that says the clutch job was done. Yep. Whereas doing it in the driveway, as far as resale goes, you have to just take pictures and hope somebody believes it's your car. You know, now at least the car has the history. It was done at a legit, you know, licensed repair shop and it's all, it's all right into the VIN number now. So it was definitely done. So have you worked on anything, Andrew? I've not because it's been, uh, 10 degrees out. I don't think that's a valid excuse. I've done anything. Um, I feel like if I was still in Massachusetts, I would have been outside every day working on cars. I wish. I wish. Because there's. Yeah. I'm definitely like lying as well because I would not be doing that at all. Absolutely not. Hard no. I understand why you're not doing anything. I did a couple things to Saab for yeah. more project car updates. Um, they're almost not worth talking about, but I did the hood struts, which are an ingenious design. Uh, the way they retained on these little metal like C clips, super easy to do. It took like three minutes. Um, and I did the driver's side mirror. Not sure if you recall the mirror housing was cracked and it was missing like the bottom section of the mirror. So I found one on eBay for like 40 bucks. Um, it's got a couple little scuffs on it, but it's not cracked. So it kind of fits the patina of the car, I guess. Um, I sat down on the passenger, on the driver's seat to take apart the door panel, take the mirror out and realized that there was a little panel behind the mirror that accesses the three screws. So I think the hardest part of that job was like fishing out the wiring behind the door panel, but didn't even require taking the door panel off. 
Hmm. So that was another 30 minute job. So I, uh, I budgeted an evening to do all that. And uh, I was done in like an hour. <laughs> so it was perfect. So, so far, Knockwood, that car has been uh, a pleasure to work on and drive. So that's good. Uh, what else did I do? I did like a little paint correction on the car. I got rid of a bunch of the surface scratches and some of the swirls. And I've hand polished the whole car. But now I want to machine polish it to get rid of some of like the finger marks when you hand polish. And then uh, machine wax it after that. And uh, the Cressida runs. The blue Cressida. Yeah. The blue Cressida runs. That was uh, put a new starter or a new rebuilt. So that was the plan. Um, until I climbed under the car and the main starter wire, which I did not touch. This is previous owner stuff. Um, was loose and corroded. Oh. So I took the wire off the end, cleaned everything up, and uh, put it back together, and everything's fine. Oh. So, yeah. That's kind of annoying. <laughs> it sat for a little while. Well, I mean, it, it's the car sits mostly during the week anyway. I don't use it in the weekends. So it didn't, it didn't miss much driving, but um, it was easy to fix it. <laughs> Again, that was like a 25-minute fix. <laughs> So it was uh, I no uh, buy a starter. So I did buy a starter. Oh, yeah, because I diagnosed everything and figured, hey, it's definitely going to be the starter. Um, until I went under the car, I didn't go under the car diagnosing it, but that's okay. It's the same starter in both that and the new Cressida, so it doesn't hurt to have one on the shelf. I think it was like forty five dollars. Um, and you know, those are, that's one of those things that does go bad. So I might as well have it lying around, right? And since we talked about last episode reorganizing the garage, I have a nice new parts shelf that has a whole shelf dedicated to Cressida parts. So it's not it's not a big deal that I have it. It wasn't too expensive, and it's good to have spares, right? Especially when you have multiples of the same car, and it that may even fit the Toyota pickup truck too, for all I know. So there's there's three vintage rear wheel drive Toyotas here at the moment, so it'll fit some of them. Might as well keep it around. Plus, sometimes it's a pain to return things to Rock Auto, so I'll just put it on the shelf. Well, it's like I sent the cores back for the um, Q45 brakes in the front. Right. And I did it the same when I sent them back for the G20, but they deduct the sh- the shipping label from your cores. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> like, okay. So why did I send these cool. back? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they get any back. Because mm-hmm. it's like, Basically, one of your cores is shipping. They probably don't, which is why they run out of all the old car stuff, because nobody rebuilds them, because they don't get the cores back. Yeah. I don't think I've sent cores back to Rock Auto ever. Yeah, I send them back, because I don't want them hanging around. I think I usually wind up ruining the boxes and just throwing them in the trash, because the cores for cars that I drive, like the core for a 74 Colt brake is like $3. Yeah. So they'd probably charge me to ship it back, actually. Uh, this time I just did uh, I just did store credit. I was like, I'm going to buy something again from there. So yeah, I mean, it makes the most sense. That is a place we buy things from often. So I think I'm going to try to start rebuilding my own calipers anyway, because you can always buy seal kits, you know. And I need to learn because every car I try to buy brakes for now they don't exist. So yeah, I mean, my issue is that they're always rusty and look crummy. So 
I don't have access to like a sandblasting cabinet or anything to clean them up. Right. Yeah, that's a good plan. I should buy one of those. There's got to be a King Caliper type place out where you are. That'd be. Way I've tried. More I I can't find one. I can't find those radiator shops, AC shops, all those kinds of things. What you'd expect in the desert. Weird. But I haven't found a caliper rebuild place yet. Everything seems to be online service, like mail out. So I did find a place in Southern California that does rebuilding of suspension parts. So if you have like a no longer available, you know, Pittman arm, idler arm, you send them that and they rebuild those. Mm. So that's neat. It's like a hundred bucks, but it's totally worth it. I think, especially with like, you know, an old Dodge Colt, you can't buy an idler arm, set them your old one. They measure it out, make new parts and send it back to you. As long as the arm itself is in somewhat good shape, you know? Yeah. Because the wearable items are like the ball joint end. So that's a neat service to have. And they're a mail order place too. They do it all over the country. So huh. they, did the, uh, they did the one in the Crestletter actually. So it's good. Oh, let's see. What other cars do I have? Uh, nope. I haven't worked in any other ones. That's it. It's so a good number of cars though, I guess. Yeah, speaking of parts like that, uh, I was talking to one of our listeners, Dave LC2. Yep. Because um, he in junkyards all the time. I was like, hey, if you spot a Q45, I'm looking for this that turn signal marker. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, I'll keep an eye out. I was like, yeah, don't go out of your way. Just let me know what it is, and I'll you know send you the money. Sure. So then he sends me some stuff. Uh, apparently, in like California, there's a couple of shops that just specialize in recycling Nissans and Infinities. Hmm. I was like, I didn't know that was a thing, but that makes sense. They yeah, it does. Specialize. Yeah. It's literally like they sent me the Google map, but like the whole area is a bunch of like specialist shops that one is like Hondas, one is like Toyota and Fords, which is an interesting combo. That's weird. Um, but anyway, I called one of them and the guy's like, yeah, we don't have that. I was like, that's too old. Huh? He's like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair I figured. <laughs> yep. Worth a shot. Yeah, Absolutely. So I'm still looking, I'm still looking, and then I, I went on row 52, and I don't think there was a lot of Massachusetts yards on row 52 when I first checked. Maybe they've added one, but there's one an hour away, and like a week and a half ago, they got two 96 Q45s in. Oh, interesting. I was like, okay. I was like, that, maybe that's a mistake, and I'm looking, nope, two different VIN numbers, two different color cars. Both 96s. So Where same, is this yard? It's in Blackstone, Mass. Okay. It's right on the border of Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know I know, I know. know the yard, actually. It didn't used to be a Row 52, so. Henry's. Okay. Yep, that sounds like it. So I'm going to take a ride there. Even though it's really cold. Wait a second. What? Just hold on. Why? Is that where I bought my transmission from? No, I don't think so. It could be. Anyway, I don't know. They got a pick and pull yard. Uh, the cars are pretty fresh. Hopefully, they're not both in front of accidents. Yeah, that'd be interesting nice. that they both came at the same time. Like, were they in somebody's yard? Was somebody else collecting these things? Yes, yeah, so they must have used to have been a non Row 52, and now they are Row 52. Yeah. So, Row 52 is kind of like a it's the competitor to LKQ, I would say. They're buying as many of these yards as they can or partnering with them. 
Yeah, but it's more like for pick and pull, it lets you search the inventory. It's for like Yeah, well, LKQ is not a pick and pull and Rohit do is. Yeah. So. And it says these two are in the pick and pull part of the yard, so I'm gonna go check it out. See what I yeah, can it's get. Not, no, it's not, not the same yard, but I bet it's in the same area because the place I went to was in Blackstone, too. <clears throat> All right. I think it was a few yards in a row. It would be hysterical if it was that same place. And um, do a little scouting, seeing if this is what, what's in there. Maybe there's some Mitsubishi stuff. I will say that their website is what you'd expect a junkyard website to be. Yeah, yeah. But, hey. It's pretty bad. It's like, it's literally like no 95s came up on row 52. Four ninety sixes came up. One is in Washington. One is like somewhere else, Texas, maybe. Right. And two, two of them an hour away. I was like, yeah. "What?" <laughs> so. Forty seven acres of cars. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta check out this inventory. I'm gonna do some scouting. Yeah, Montero looking, stuff. Maybe there's looking at uh, their pictures of the, of the yard here. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of cars there. Our buddy Jordan's always looking for Volvo stuff. Yeah, they get, need stuff for the Volkswagen rally car. We'll, we'll check it out. Cool. I wish I was there to go with you. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like 10 degrees over the weekend, but I got to go <laughs> because when stuff is fresh like that, I mean, I don't think there's a big demand, but no, I don't I cannot, think so. I cannot find those lamps anywhere, especially in the middle of the winter time. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people are rushing out to uh, go pick and pull in Massachusetts. So, yeah, their website is terrible, but I love it. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> so, speaking of other project cars, uh, I didn't do anything to them, but I did last year. I filmed a bunch of stuff that I was doing, and I never did anything with it. I just don't know why. I like really procrastinated on editing the video. And I edited like three videos last couple days. And I was like, oh, this is easier than I remember. I don't know why I was procrastinating on this. Uh, And I threw them up on our YouTube channel. They're not like, they're not very vloggy. They're more like how-tos. Sure, which is what we do anyway. We're not vloggers. Well, I'm trying to do more more vloggy stuff to try to explain our projects while still doing stuff to them. Okay. That's sort of the goal. I don't want to have just a completely fluff channel like some of the stuff that's out there. Yeah, no, having fluff is good for like fluff, but it's not good for for your main content. No. So I it's just one's like really simple. I just did the cabin filter on the the golf. You know, somebody will probably use that at some point. Strangely, one of our best videos is the uh, manual hubs on the 89 Montero. I think it's because they're universal. They're not just for yeah. Montero. It's kind of the same whether you're doing a Toyota pickup or yeah, or that. I'm kind of mad because we did film them on the 99, and then I got busy and then forgot what was on the card and formatted the memory card. Yeah, it's not good. And lost the footage. I'm really annoyed because that would have probably been a really good video. Um, Again, they're pretty much the same process, right? Yeah, but they're different. They're the ASINs that everybody really likes versus the AVMs, oh, which are kind of crappy. Because they're cheap, um, and and then of course like the Laminex over the fog lights for the the Subaru gets a lot of love for Stephanie Subaru. That's a weird one too. It's very simple. Yeah, it's super simple, but I don't know. People are into it because a lot of Subaru people like to put those things on. So it was weird too because I had a comment. It was like 
it, it, it they're pre-cut and they definitely had little finger tabs to help you put them on. And the guy commented, he's like, no, those finger tabs are like to pull off the top layer of film that like protects the film while you're putting it on. I was like, don't think that's true because there's nothing in the instructions about that. Laminex is 12 mil thick. Like that's it. There's no other extra film on top of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's correct. <laughs> no. So. But that's the whatever. internet for you. So. And then I did the, um, I did the rear brakes on Stephanie's car cause they were worn out. I videoed that. I don't know. Maybe somebody could use the all track, uh, cross track rear brake video. They have a 94 but. Q45 in there too. Oh, really? Oh, added January 20th, 2021. That's probably gone. January 20th, 2021? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Might, might be it's a year ago. Be there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so are the other ones from this year or last year as well? Ooh, I think they were from this year. I thought I read it right. They said January. Every year has a January. Yeah. Check it afterwards. Yeah. The problem Pretty is Pretty sure week. they've been there like only a week. Oh, there it goes. Oh, this Get is it? weird. It's like a pop up. I don't understand how it works. Yeah, it's like a, it. the, yeah the website's not good. Yeah, it's an ad. <laughs> website is bad. That's for sure. January 11th, January 12th. This year. I'm looking right now. It says, yeah, this year you're good. Yeah. No photos yet, but they're there. Yeah, okay. they're fresh. Oh, there is photos. Oh, there's photos oh, now? Like, yeah, it's like brand new. Oh, they weren't they weren't there the couple oh, days ago. Nope, see, it's a bad website again. This says vehicles like this, and you click on it, it's some Infinity Q45 yeah, yeah, yard yeah, yeah. in Washington State. Yeah, it's purple. Oh, never mind. Uh, silver one, actually. Silver one. Uh, well, actually, the two... There's a purple one, one as well in California. Well, actually, the one one of them in Massachusetts is silver, so it's going to be the same silver. Yep. And the other one is green. So okay. it's probably green on tan and silver on black, because that's how, that's how you get them. Well, those are the two flavors in which you like your 96 Infinities, so... Well, 95s. <laughs> Whatever year they are. So. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Cool. Oh, uh, going back to the Crested, is I also picked up a set of wheels. Um, I don't need them, need them, but I've always liked them. The early super wheels. Oh, yeah. Like the four spoke ones that look kind of like the four spoke version of the steering hand wheel. Oh, yeah. So I picked up a pretty fresh set of those for a hundred bucks. I, I don't need them, but for a hundred dollars, that's like less than half what they normally are. So, and they're clean, so... I can put those on the 81 as well for a little bit when I first get it on the road. So especially because they have tires on them in good mm-hmm. shape. So hundred bucks wheels and tires. I'll take it every time. Cool. But yeah, that's, uh, that's it. That's the end of my car stuff this week. That's kind of all I got. I mean, we are in the Barrett Jackson week. Yeah, you're doing that. So I'm quite busy at work. Um, I'll be up at Barrett Jackson four of the days next week. Where is that? Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Okay. Yep. So it's at, uh, I forget the name of the place. Some the big giant like, convention center. Right? Convention center place, yeah. Um, but it's seven days. So it's Saturday, 
Whoa. Well, I guess, I guess eight days, Saturday to Sunday. Whoa. So, yeah. So Saturday is like a preview day, and the auction starts Sunday. So I'll be there Sunday all day. I'll be there. How many cars do they auction per hour? I don't know. I know the number of cars total is usually between fifteen hundred and two thousand cars. Wow. Yeah. I wonder, like, how many like cars per minute are auctioned. Definitely not per minute, but definitely per hour you can do it. Yeah, it's it's one it's one at a time. There's not multiple auction houses, multiple auction rooms. Blocks. Yeah, blocks. Thank you. It's uh, one car across a block at a time. Yeah. So, and this isn't the only auction in town that week. Like, this is this is Arizona Auction Week. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of different car auctions in town. So there's quite literally thousands of cars being vintage cars being auctioned off in town. Yeah. Wow. It's the coolest week to be here because tons of people come from out of town. So even all like the regular Saturday night cruise-ins and other car shows in the area are just absolutely jam-packed with people. So cars come out that you don't normally see at like a Saturday night gathering, yeah. you know, like real high end stuff. So it's, it's definitely a good time, but I'll be at the auction itself. Cause we have our online auction that I work for, um, auto hunter. We have a booth. Um, so I'll be there Sunday all day, Tuesday afternoon, Friday afternoon, and the following Sunday all day. So I'll be, I'll be up there quite a bit. So hopefully I can uh, take some pictures and, send some stuff to our, to our Instagram feed of stuff I see up there, but I don't know how much time I'm going to have to walk around versus being at the booth. So we'll see how that goes. Um, it looks like my father is actually flying out to uh, hang out that week to do some of that stuff. So I know I'll be going at least one day with him where I'm not working. So I'll be able to He'll be uh, there every day. Then definitely has some content there. Well, he's only coming to the second half of the week. So, okay. He won't be out here until Thursday. So I will not be going every day. Plus, I still have to work my regular job, too. So, unfortunately, I have uh, real-life commitments. But it looks like next Saturday, because next Saturday is also not as in this coming Saturday, but a week from Saturday, the 29th, um, is going to be Fort Till 4 is doing their four-cylinder car show. Ooh. Um, so, that's Saturday morning. That's a uh, pre... I think it's a pre-reg only show. I don't think you can still get tickets. So many four Maybe cylinders. you can. Yeah. Well, it's four to the four. So that's their, yeah. Four to the four, four cylinders. Um, and then I'll probably go to the auction with my dad that day. And then maybe to the pavilions Saturday night show that night. So make it a whole day of just Ooh. car stuff. Yeah. You're going to bring him to four to a four. Absolutely. He's been before, not on a, a good day. I think I had him there on fast cars day which is like sports cars and hyper cars. So it'll be good to have them there on a four-cylinder day so you can see some of the other stuff that is regular is there. But yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for all that coming up. It's going to be it's gonna be a busy week. Um, should be a lot of content, though, hopefully. Uh, I'm super upset because they moved the Cezetta Marauder that was going to be at Barrett-Jackson. To one of the other auctions, so I won't be seeing that one, but I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff to make up for it that will be at Barrett. But it's exciting. I've never been. You know, I've lived out here now for three years, and one year it didn't happen because of the pandemic. One year I didn't go because I had other stuff going on, and uh, just haven't, haven't had a chance to make it yet. So didn't think I'd be busy and working at it, but hey, here we are. So I'll be busy and working at it but I'm excited. 
Cool. Yeah, good stuff. I think that's a show. It sounds like a show to me. All right. So, as always, for those new listeners, follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Auto Off Topic on uh, Twitter. Auto Off Topic on... Yeah, it's Auto Off Topic on YouTube. I think that's it. That's all of them. Auto Off Topic. We're, we're Gail on Autocast topic. on Instagram. Yeah, that's our new thing. Uh, we're going to record an episode of that and uh, see where that goes. That'll be once a month. Sure thing. Where can they find your personal stuff? I'm uh, all the places. So uh, Race and Anger on Instagram, Race and Anger on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, of course, am TSISS350 on Instagram. So follow us everywhere. Lots of car pictures. Cool. Well, as always, keep cars analog and uh, aim for the roses. Yeah.